In today's episode of Crypto Over Coffee, we're talking about why the metaverse could absolutely destroy both new and established tech companies, and actually not in the way that you're thinking. But that's not all. We've got some Bitcoin market analysis, an interesting piece of the Twitter acquisition that no one's talking about, uh, Elrond's big rebrand, and a whole bunch more. So that said, you know the drill. Grab yourself a coffee, make sure you're subscribed, and stick around for the whole episode. My coffee's over here. But anyways, got my coffee and it's worth noting, it's been a while since we had this coffee show. I've been really sick and it affected my energy levels. It gave me brain fog. It actually messed up my vision. Like I couldn't see or read normally. So I'm working my way back now. Thanks for your patience with the lack of content and a quick coffee break. Now, as the headline reads, I've got a real bone to pick with the metaverse. And I feel that the metaverse will be the proverbial asteroid that makes several established tech companies and other large enterprises extinct. However, it won't be because the metaverse disrupts their industry or their line of business and changes everything for them. It will be because these companies will dive headfirst into building a product that will either A, never see the light of day, or B, will never be used meaningfully by customers of these businesses. In effect, You'll see these large tech companies, these large enterprises, media and entertainment companies, household names plowing billions of dollars into developing for the metaverse and all these buzzwords and having little to nothing to show for it. It will be a self-imposed extinction, if you will. Let me explain this a bit more and, and where my head's at on this. In the latter part of the past crypto bull run, so 2021, you had a, pretty much every new project and many existing projects focusing or shifting focus to the metaverse this term that very few people really understand but would throw money at with impunity and most of these projects are gone now never to return already of course established enterprises generally follow those trends albeit a bit later and more cautiously in the beginning so now you have companies big names shifting their gaze and opening their coffers to invest in developing the abstract metaverse for customers they think will be there when they're done building it you have extreme examples like uh, Mark Zuckerberg's Meta, formerly Facebook, that rebranded and shifted every free dollar to the tune of billions to build towards this concept of a virtual world of worlds in the metaverse. But you can bet your ass that most big companies, tech or otherwise, are thinking about and trying to invest in this area. Here's the problem, though. Very few people in the entire world really grasp what the metaverse really is or could be what will make it such a virtually driven life experience and how that can be successful and not jarringly vacuous and how to monetize it in a way that doesn't shift us fully into a dystopian advertiser surveillance industrial complex. And as such, without this guiding light, without this compass, many companies will plow millions, hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars building something without a real picture of what the end result is. Directionless. When even big companies drive full bore to invest in something like this, something unproven and nebulous but with incredible potential, failure can be a threat to a company's mere existence. You're burning through capital, you're redirecting resources and talent to unproven business models and products and diverting from your company's core mission and revenue patterns that are proven. And that can be that proverbial asteroid extinction event for these big companies. In fact, many believe that Meta will not survive because of this phenomenon, and they may not, but I will tell you, Meta is not building in a directionless way. 
it may take hundreds of billions of dollars by the end of a five to 10 year period, and we may not like the results of it, but Meta could end up being a success story in this burgeoning metaverse niche. And it is critical because of that alone that those in this decentralized technology community rally behind a select few with the right team, the right investment and vision to bring to fore competitive products that incorporate decentralized tech into the metaverse. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves in a future dominated by centralized, closed virtual worlds. The bottom line is that the metaverse is an abstract and grossly underdeveloped niche. And you can expect the same type of 95 to 97% failure rate for companies big and small that try and move full tilt into the metaverse, as you've seen in many of the other emerging markets and niches in the past. So consider this as you approach your own investing strategy for this hyped high potential but high risk niche. And actually speaking of the metaverse and companies doubling down on it, the folks over at Elrond just announced a full-scale rebrand that represents a focus on the metaverse. And that metaverse of course will undoubtedly utilize the scalable sharding enabled blockchain at the core of what was once the Elrond ecosystem. So speaking of the new name, Elrond is now going to be called Multiverse X, a clear point to a renewed focus on the metaverse, or well, the multiverse, a culminating force of many virtual worlds. Again, terminologies that don't have clear definitions. To be frank, this rebrand is not all too surprising, considering some of the most popular projects built on and incubated in the Elrond ecosystem were metaverse projects like Holoride, for example. And this rebrand from Elrond to Multiverse X came with new product announcements in X Fabric, X Portal, and X Worlds, which represent utilities for metaverse builders, blockchain and digital asset modules, and an interoperable connector of sorts that will bring together multiple disparate metaverse worlds, according to the website at launch. According to the brief and albeit somewhat vague descriptions for each of these tools, you can see where the primitives that were native to this ecosystem have been thoughtfully sort of repurposed or utilized in these new metaverse-focused tools. You have a great wallet experience from Myar to decentralized finance components that were built in the Myar exchange with varied success. <clears throat> if you want my opinion here, you know, my opinion separate from the facts, I will say that I'm a bit torn on this. On one hand, I think it makes sense to commit to the area that's arguably had the best traction on the network and with the network's community. But on the other hand, I worry that it's chasing the hype of the metaverse a bit too much, putting too much on the shoulders of that niche. However, I'm not one to make judgments without data. So in the absence of data, I'm going to say that I want to see how they deliver, how it's adopted, and particularly I want to watch what they build technology-wise with X-Portal and X-World tooling for interoperability and ease of access to the metaverse. So the jury is out. We shall see. In other news, the crypto markets have been on a seven-week high after Bitcoin broke back above 21,000, and Ether and altcoins also saw gains pretty much across the board in the wake of the Federal Reserve remarks this past week, shirking as well this correlation to the stock market, which is interesting, temporarily of course. Naturally, at the top of everyone's mind is whether this signals a turn of fortune for the embattled crypto markets, or if this is just another fleeting jump in price. And there's some evidence that indicates that we could have indeed seen the, bit, the Bitcoin bottom already. Uh, a couple little things that I like to look at. Hash rate and difficulty for one are at unprecedentedly high ratios compared to price, indicating that Bitcoin's unit price is undervalued compared to the resources expended to secure the network and issue Bitcoin. 
Secondly, you can clearly see evidence that short-term, mid-term, and long-term holders of Bitcoin have been washed out at various levels over the past several months, which sets the stage for scenarios much like bear markets of years past, where you have a bottom carved out to slowly build back up from once people have capitulated and finally sold out, even the long-term holders. Of course, we're also in unprecedented times with regard to the macroeconomic conditions that we're in relative to crypto, as Bitcoin and all of crypto have only existed in times of relative economic growth. But we've discussed that ad nauseum on the show, so it's just important for you to remember to tread carefully here because we don't quite know for sure what might happen and patterns from the past may not apply perfectly. That said, I am fairly confident that we have seen some signal from the Federal Reserve that there will be some kind of pivot in their approach to tackling inflation, and that could bring some stability to build from and some relief from all the panic around macro. In other news, as you will all probably know already if you've been on social media at all, Elon Musk took over Twitter at the end of October after a long legal and social back and forth about the takeover bid. In the wake of his new reign as CEO, the zeitgeist around Twitter is dominated completely by everyone mostly bashing Elon Musk for firing half the staff and all kinds of dramatics that go along with pretty much everything Elon does, never a dull moment for him as it relates to his activities. However, underneath the surface, as if in subtitles, there's a thread in this Twitter takeover that I'm curious about from the crypto lens. It was reported last week that Binance was in the top five group of contributors to the multi-billion dollar deal that Elon Musk put up for Twitter, giving $500 million to the effort. Now, that's only news because Binance stated its intent to create a team to explore how blockchain and crypto can further tie into Twitter. And Twitter has already been a pretty crypto-friendly platform with the ability to tie Bitcoin and Ethereum addresses to your profile and tag NFTs as your profile picture. But the hope is that deeper, more complex, and nuanced integrations could be created as part of this Twitter takeover. And no, before you ask, Dogecoin as a payment method does not count as a nuanced integration, okay? We're not talking about things like that. And I'm speculating, but with Binance and Dreesen Horowitz and all sorts of others, part of that deal, you can bet that there will at least be some discussions of how Web3 will apply to Twitter between Elon and these investors that helped him in his bid. Furthermore, with Twitter being taken off the public stock market and going private again, you remove another roadblock that there would have been to try new and different and risky things in the form of a gridlocked boardroom. So there may be more room now that it's private to make these decisions and move forward and try new things. We have no clue what's going to happen, but all signals point towards an interesting watch as it relates to Twitter's next couple years, specifically related to what happens in Web3 for the platform. And over the last several months, I shared with you a few different institutional offerings from Fidelity, one of the world's largest financial institutions, and I speculated about their entry into retail-focused products through their Fidelity Digital Assets subsidiary. Well, here we are now with confirmation of that first dip of the toe into retail offerings in crypto from this financial juggernaut. The product will allow Fidelity retail customers to buy Bitcoin and Ether with Fidelity's revenue coming from 1% spreads on trades. Fidelity has stated many times in the past that its current customers or clients have expressed interest and growing interest for that matter in crypto and many already own crypto in their portfolios. So this move just makes sense strategically for them to tie into the retail market as well as their institutional market. If we're speaking candidly, the Fidelity crypto product, as it's called, is underwhelming in terms of its offering. It only has two cryptocurrencies for simple trades, but it's a start. 
institutions like Fidelity don't do things without deliberation. They're going to move more slowly. They're not going to dive into altcoins right away. And they won't sink capital into an idea if the data didn't point towards the product having legs moving forward. So this gives you and me and everyone else in crypto a pretty clear indication that Fidelity, at least, thinks crypto is going to grow from here. It's not going away. Else they wouldn't be investing in and building products during a bear market here. Of course, the other side of the coin, pun intended, is what effects or side effects there may be with juggernauts like Fidelity, BlackRock, and others entering into crypto full bore and bringing all that institutional and regulatory interest in. That one we're just going to have to wait and see. But what do you think? I'll leave it to you. Is this a net positive or a net negative? Why? Comment or tweet me at Hishoshi4. Now, my friends, you know what time it is? It is 4.04, and it's been a while. 4.04 logic not found. This is a firecracker segment on the show that brings attention to illogical happenings in the crypto space. And if you want to help this show get some attention, whether you're watching or listening, please hit the like button, get subscribed, follow the podcast, share it with your friends, tell them to subscribe. Whatever you can do, it's much appreciated. And today we are tackling the topic of the metaverse blockchain game trailer. It seems a bit ridiculous as a topic. It might not even make sense, but hear me out. In 2021, at peak hype for NFTs, the metaverse, blockchain gaming, insert niche here, how many projects did you see release a cinematic trailer for this grandiose product that they were planning to build? Everything started to fall apart when you tried to ask them whether they had a plan and staff to build the thing they showed in the trailer, but the trailer was sexy, it was cool, it sold tokens, so what's the big deal, right? I mean, to be honest, you probably invested in at least one of these hype products based on their cinematic trailer in the bull market, right? I mean, come on, no one's judging you if you're watching on your phone or computer, you're listening to your podcast, just slightly raise your hand. I'm guilty too, okay? It happens. The issue here is that this is the essence of everything that's wrong with crypto today, and it's arguably an existential threat to crypto right now. There's too much focus on money and selling and grabbing eyeballs to look at the next cool thing that's just a cookie cutter copy of the last cool thing, and so few teams actually build a damn thing that they promised to build. So yes, I am bashing projects who release cinematic trailers for a game to sell tokens or a metaverse or an NFT collection who have no reasoned answers transparently for how they're going to deliver on that thing, how they're going to use the capital that they're bringing in. Hundreds of millions of dollars being spent on these things and no one seems to have a plan to build them. So just for example, look at what the game Star Atlas showed. They showed a few cinematic trailers that teased big promises that they're making as to the gameplay and the scale of the game. However, look at what else they've done. They've given a clear plan and shown that they have a team to deliver on this. They could still fail, but they've shown they have a plan. Better yet, they've committed to a long and realistic timeline to build this monstrous product and were very clear about it up front. It'll take them years to deliver on the MVP here, not even just the full gamut. Mark my words, it will take them years. This is not Call of Duty where 80% of the game's done from last year's iteration when you go to make this year's iteration. These teams are largely going to build these things from scratch or with very little boilerplate. And there are two 404s here. The first is to the product teams, the project teams, who disingenuously share cinematic trailers to sell a product that they have a no sustainable path to building. And the second is for anyone who continues to fall into the same trap, throwing money at things that will clearly never see the light of day, or at least not asking the right questions. So learning that lesson should only take once getting burned, maybe twice before you learn it. Asking the right questions, the hard questions before you invest is really important. Jump in Discord, 
They all use Discord. Ask the team directly, how are you going to build this? What's your plan? What team do you have on board to build this? And if you don't have them, how are you going to go get them? What do you think it's going to cost to build this? Will you need to raise more money to build this? They should have answers and good ones. If not, run far away. Even with a plan, it can fail. But without one, it's guaranteed to fail. So just bear that in mind. And on that uplifting note, folks, that's going to do it for the show today. It's really good to be back making a video. It's been a while. It's been really hard, you know, still doing this because my eye is still messed up and writing and recording and editing is a little hard on me. But we should be getting back to a more regular schedule of content here as I'm healing. So thanks for sticking with me. And if you want to stick around even further, check out another video or podcast in my catalog. I'll link those up here in the description or on the screen if you're watching. That said, hope you and your family have a great week ahead. And until next time, cheers.